Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John and the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I am Warren. I'm Henry. And I am Andrew. And this is episode 81. 81! 81, bro. 81. And Robert Robert is off tonight. He is out visiting the in-laws in Florida, celebrating uh, uh, Jimmy's birthday, his father-in-law. And, happy uh, birthday, happy Jimmy. birthday, Jimmy. Happy birthday, Jimmy. Happy birthday, Jimmy Brown. Cheers to you. Cheers. Oh, man. And I know he said he did see uh, Blackberry Smoke and Nick Perry played a show. I haven't talked to him su- a lot about it, but I know he went and he said it was a good time. That so I think, nice. I think they're doing drive throughs or something. I'm not they're sure. They're doing the, drive-in driving yeah. concerts at like larger uh like football stadium parking lots or things like that nice. could you imagine a drive-through concert though <laughs> it's like it's you like order your song. Bands. Yeah. it's like guitar it's like the nam show but in like a traffic tunnel yeah you just and have to leave like, your windows up like, and tune to like an it's FM like 200 bands all playing <laughs> It's 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 like a festival, but in a car. But yeah. you just, and you only get to hear the music for like five seconds at a time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to come back around for the chorus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you might miss the song. I think we got. I think we got something here. Yeah, something terrible. <laughs> that would be great. It's something that's that? perfect for people with crazy ADHD. Yeah, it's the. Uh, the no attention span tour. <laughs> yes. That'd be great. That'd be interesting if they have different stages and it was like a big enough parking lot, but then it'd be the worst if you got blocked in like parking at the Hollywood Bowl or something like that. Yeah. You know, they do stack parking and there's yeah. no space. So oh, yeah. if you just happen to park somewhere you didn't like and then like five other people boxed you in and were staying around for the whole show. You'd have to do it like a like a car wash or something. Where they've got the little, you like a pop car in neutral, and they have the little thing that pushes your tire, kind of guides yeah. you through. So it just becomes like a ride at Disneyland. Yeah, that might be neat. Yeah, we'll work on it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get a patent for it, bro. Yeah, we will. <laughs> oh, speaking of working on stuff, though, holy hell, what a week! How was, was awesome. your week, Steve? It was amazing, dude. We went up to uh, uh, my roommate Jake Hayden's uh, drum studio. Recording studio up in North Hollywood, the Hayden Studio. And we cut five cues for Brett Moline's new short film that I'm scoring. And uh, we did, uh, Warren came up and my other roommate Ryan came up and we did some uh, uh, Steve Majora Trio, three SM3 tunes live in his room. And then uh, we did four other songs that I've been kind of piecing together over the last little bit and, uh, and getting getting parts outsourced from all over the place. Got 504 horn section uh, that played on Last Light on the Highway uh, from New Orleans on a tune. And then, yeah, MD'd Church for the first time in a long time and did 10 songs for that on Sunday and then went home and recorded two solo piano records and then went up to Treehouse in Woodland Hills today <laughs> and wrote two more songs, man. I'm going to sleep well tonight, dude. My cup is like overflowing. It's great. What about you, Or? That's epic. Um, I had a good weekend. I had uh, some family in town. We celebrated Erica's 
niece's seventh birthday. So I got to do all the fun things that I never get to do, like fly kites and do puzzles and bake cakes and play hide and go seek. So that was pretty fun. And uh, actually, we had really, really, really good food, though. I went to the sushi spot that was so good. We went there the next day for lunch just because it was that good. Um, So if you're ever in San Clemente, you have to go to the sushi company off El Camino Real. It is absolutely insane. So that was pretty cool. And, you know, put in some some family time. But it was a good weekend. How about you, Henry? Uh, It was was more eventful than ones in the past. Um, I got to check out... uh, I'm trying to, I, I might do this right now. It was down in San Juan Capistrano. I believe it was called the old, old barn, uh, antique shop. It's basically, it's kind of like a swap meet kind of thing. And I haven't really like gone shopping at something like that in a while. Um, and it was basically just to, uh, more or less celebrate uh, my buddy, Greg Thorne, who's a amazing, uh, uh, jewelry Smith. He makes all this crazy, um, turquoise based like silver jewelry and engraving and stuff like that. Uh, really, really cool stuff. And then he's got all this, these cool antique, uh, things from, you know, uh, 19th century and things like that. Um, old, uh, native American, uh, relics and things like that. Really, really interesting stuff. Um, so I went down there to check that out. He's a really cool guy. Um, kind of an old guard hippie dude, which is totally up my alley. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just checked that out and scored some vinyl. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and there was just a lot of cool stuff in there. I've never been to a place like that, at least recently. So you know, you just put your mask on and go in and check out and see what's going on. And I picked up some vinyl that I had been looking for for a while, actually, which I'm pretty stoked on. Um, and and uh, later on, we actually we actually had a little jam session uh, with myself and Adam Ditt and Dan from Balto. And, uh, you know, just kind of jammed together. They were working on some stuff and they were like, Hey Henry, do you want to play drums? And they were trying out a new guy on guitar. And so I, I actually played drums, which was interesting. I haven't played drums in, uh, I don't know, three months at least. It was the first time I'd played drums this year. Nice. Uh, so that was fun. Um, yeah, very, you know, eventful compared to <laughs> the last, last couple of weeks i feel like the last couple of weeks i've just gone i don't know i don't know i don't know what happened i played guitar it was cool uh it was fun uh how, how are you doing andrew i'm good um i did a session at sunset sound this weekend for one of my friends which was pretty fun it's just an artist they're actually from palo alto steve no way nice so we had I was like, my keyboard player's from Palo Alto. No way. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was a fun couple, three song, like singer songwriter sort of thing. And uh, my friend works at Sunset Sound that I went to college with. And I do a bunch of records for him up there. So it was fun to just go up and get back into Sunset and get that those chops going again. Because that's like, you know, one of the best recording studios in the world. And a bunch of legendary stuff was recorded there. Robert John's first record, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Very legendary record. No, there's like Zeppelin records on the wall. There's a lot of Van Halen on the wall. There's Prince. There's there's records I always forget about. I I looked at them and was like, oh, like 
the Wallflowers famous record was done there and was on the wall. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, like drum sounds that I reference all the time are done in those rooms. So yeah. it's really cool to just get back in there. What were you saying, Henry? Oh, no, I, I just on what you were saying, I, I found out a couple of weeks ago that, that one of my favorite records, uh, uh, Captain Beyond, who I've talked about on this podcast, uh, I don't know, it was a while ago, but that was recorded there too, which I I was kind of blown away by. Um, but yeah, just to, yeah, another another cool thing that got recorded there. Nice. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And every time I go back there and look at the wall, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that record or that record or that record. Or like this guy's solo record, you know, it's just a legendary place. So it's cool to go in every once in a while. And then um, I've been practicing a lot during COVID. I'd probably practice more in the past year than I ever have on drums uh, than when I was like going to school and stuff like that. So it's fun to like go in and go, oh, I am getting better at this. And everything just like sounds more consistent and lines up and things like that. It's always fun. So. Yeah, I, a piece of me misses that and a piece of me doesn't because I'm like, it's fun to just get to play the songs and then leave the room. And then I hear people sort of talk about their plan of what to do with the record. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't do it like that. You should do this. <laughs> or like, you should like work on it this way. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just here to play drums and, uh, you know, hang out. And it's also fun, too, to like that place can be pretty intimidating to new people. So I just love coming in and being like, a goofball and putting people at ease, you know, cause it can be pretty intimidating to be in front of all that gear and like seal those records on the wall. Oh yeah. And I'm like, you mean sunset? I've been there like a million times, you know, and you know, it's no big deal. And here's where the bathrooms are and here's where the coffee is and stuff like that. So I just like that. I've gotten to track so much at the same place. Um, and have a place that reputable start to feel like home, you know, it's, yeah. it's an interesting feeling. And then uh, Jeff Rickman, our engineer, drum tech for me. So nice. he got to see Sunset for the first time. And he was helping me out and stuff like that. It was really funny. I, I've tracked there enough to go. Uh, I brought one of my old drum sets out of storage because it's the drum set that the uh, producer likes. And I know he likes it, so I had to get it prepped for the session. And Jeff likes to tune drums wide open. So you basically like hear the toms and they ring out forever. And I'm like, uh, we're probably going to get yelled at uh for these toms but we could start there and just see what happens and then like after two hits uh the engineer was like hey can we uh take down those toms a little bit <laughs> so it was like i told you no but it was awesome i, I like uh, jeff hasn't been to sunset yet so it was cool for him to see the room and get a vibe of like how it was because i think jeff wants to be able to track us there one day when uh everything works out yeah, that'd be awesome. It was cool. It was fun. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah, that mic setup. It's always nice seeing like uh, just, you know, the three kick mics, like, you know, at a real high class studio. Every mic is just like so top notch. I remember commenting on it and Amanda's like, do you, she's like, you really like that stuff? And I was like, oh, like it's so nerdy, but just seeing like a drum set, like fully mic'd up with the top of the line gear and like one of the best rooms is like, Oh, you just like pause on the photo for a second. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. like look at all that sort of stuff. You can kind of get like lost in it, kind of nerdy. Well, and then even the history of of those microphones and stuff. Like some of those mics are yeah. the same ones that they used on all those, you know, classic records and stuff. So it's you're not only in the same room but with the same gear, you know. Oh yeah, super rad. If those walls could talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Didn't they, they didn't they come out with a documentary 
or they're coming out with a documentary about Sunset. Maybe I'm just getting. Um, I don't know. Something I'm not sure. To be honest, um, <laughs> Amanda, they've says, been doing a better job. Whoever, uh, whoever, uh, I'm not going to acknowledge this comment on the screen. <laughs> That's my go-to. Uh, whoever uh, it has been doing their social media lately has been digging into their history a lot more, and then posting a lot more history lessons about Sunset, which has been awesome. Smart. So if you like uh, rock and roll history lessons at Sunset Sound is a great Instagram follow to go. This record was recorded here in this day. And this microphone that's on your kick drum also had Frank Sinatra sing into it or something like that. It's all this crazy <laughs> stuff, you know, this 47 fat right here, you know, Michael Jackson mm. spit into on Thriller or something. Yeah. That's not where Thriller was recorded. Thriller was at Westlake, but um, you get the idea. Yeah. Still pretty cool. Didn't we get? We did something at the Thriller Studio in LA at one point, right? Way back when, Steve. Was this pre you? It might have been pre me. Robert got to sing into the Thriller microphone, and this is when we were like kids, like when he was like nineteen or twenty or something like that. Yeah, that that would have been before before me. I think I think he could drink legally when I started playing with him. Oh, that might not have been in this band. That's just a long time ago. I don't think that was Robert John. Sorry. But um, it sounds rad, though, man. Yeah. One band at one point got to sing into the Thriller microphone. It's super accessible in like a small room in L.A. that's like super affordable. It's called Westlake Studios. But um, it is. Yeah, there's there's stuff floating around L.A. that's pretty crazy that has some pretty legendary, you know, voices on it and stuff like that. It's all still there. Anyways, you know what goes well with recording? Alcohol. (laughs) Oh, man. Hand in hand. Dude, I saved one of these for tonight. This is the the Coco Hut from uh, Green... Is it Cheek or Creek? It's Green Cheek. Cheek. Green Green Cheek. cheek. Um, Robert picked this up for us. He had an interview with them, I think. Last last week or two weeks ago, and uh, brought some of some uh, some of this to rehearsal to share with us. And this is the coconut cocoa hut. It's a coconut milkshake India pale ale, um, and it's very different. It's kind of a, a dessert <laughs> style beer. It's kind of chocolate and coconut, and and it's weird. And I like it. I don't think yeah. I could do more than one of them at a time. But it's not overly carbonated. It's it's but and it's not overly heavy either. It kind of feels like a more like a like a stout than an IPA. Um as far as like the what it does on your tongue and everything. But um it's I like it and it's it's much better cold than uh you know half half warm like we had at at rehearsal the other week. So War, what you got, man? Well, I'm talking about that beer. We all did get to try that one. And a coconut IPA is very unique. And I'm still undecided if I like it or not. But because I'm undecided, I think it means that in the end, I might actually like it because it's such an outside flavor. Like you usually have a a coconut porter or a stout. It was like an IPA. I remember Andrew and Henry, you guys both said you really didn't weren't a fan of that one. It's just weird. weird. Yeah, it was just, it wasn't, I, I feel like I'm in the same boat as you, but veering towards the not, not really a strong preference for it, but it was just kind of weird. 
They tried to play God with beer and they went too far, right? <laughs> you know, coconuts and hops are not supposed to mix well together. They think oh, they no. can just do anything. I still think there's a chance. So I, I want to try another one of those eventually. But um, right now I am drinking a Rabbit Habit by Docent. I'm also wearing a Docent shirt, so it seems like I'm like a spokesperson. But now that I'm down south, I am closer to them, so it's easy to get their beer. Um, and this is their double IPA. It's really good, but it can be really strong. And uh, they've warned me a couple times when I was there. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've had double IPAs before. And then you end up needing to get an Uber home or whatnot. But it's still a really good IPA, very drinkable, not heavy like most of their beers. Um, so, yeah. What about you, Henry? What do you got? You got a beer? Uh, I also have a Green Cheek Brewing Company Ooh. beer from the same uh, same exchange. This is the Pet the Tiger California IPA. Um, you know, uh, I I gotta say I'm I'm not much of an IPA person. Uh, that is still true. I think they're slowly but surely growing on me over time. Um, this one's this one's good. You know, it's it's. It's pleasant. It's 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 pretty good, you know. For for somebody that's not an IPA drinker, uh, it's pretty good, you know. Um, but yeah, good job on this one, Green Cheek Beer Company. Well done. It's refreshing. It's nice. It's uh, it's not water. <laughs> good name <laughs> too. Stay in shape. It's, it's put that on their uh, on their their Yelp review site. It's like, well, right. it's great. It's not water. <laughs> How about you, water? Uh, I also got a drink, a uh, green cheek beer from this, and I drank it over <laughs> the weekend. And it was, uh, I think, just their normal like hazy IPA or something. It was really good. I can't remember what it's called, but they do make good beers. I, the coconut, um, the coconut IPA, and then look, I commend people for trying stuff out. Yeah. I want there to be a world where coconut IPA exists. <laughs> I just have the choice to like it or not. You know what I mean? I'm not like don't try things out. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of a. Uh, there's like a whole scene of pepper beers. Do you guys remember pepper beers? Oh yeah, where they like mix chili pepper and beer. I hated Chipotle all that and stuff. Porters and stuff, and yeah, yeah. There was, was like some like Chipotle stouts and stuff like that that were good, and then it just went way too far. Then they're just like, how do we burn people's mouths off of beer? And I'm like, I'm trying to get drunk. I'm not trying to feel uncomfortable in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so no. Uh, no, there's all these scenes that happen. They just go too far and people try stuff out. And it's like some things are good for a drink. Like I would want to try that. You know what I mean? Uh, I would yeah. never say no to trying like a coconut IPA. And we actually tried it together. It was the first beer I tried, uh, to be honest, because it seemed like the coolest. So it's like, um, you know, what's the most interesting thing? And I feel like that stands out a lot of the time. So it's yeah. cool. Yeah. Good job, Green Cheek. And uh, Cheek. Green, Green Cheek, Cheek. is uh, for all you Orange County uh, people that are watching. Uh, it's based in Orange, California. So uh, head on down there, pick up a uh, couple beers for yourself, and send us a message and tell us which ones you liked. It'd be cool. Um, but tonight I am drinking a margarita again. I got got to get rid of the mix. Nice. Are, are you wasting away in Margaritaville? I am, but I do not. Use salt with the ones I make at home. Takes too much effort. Well, technically, 
He didn't have salt because he's looking for that salt shaker. So maybe, maybe his margarita <laughs> got salt on it. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. That sounds good. <laughs> um, and Jeremy asks, "What have I been working on drum wise during the lockdown?" And it's going to sound stupid, but basically, like playing a three-minute to five-minute song without messing up. <laughs> it sounds like the most uh, basic thing ever to do, but that's the hardest thing to do, you know? Mm-hmm. It's um, I feel like I have a lot of chops and I can do a lot of things, but it's, a lot of it's really sloppy and inconsistent. And so now I'm working on that that three to five minutes of focus without, you know, without dropping the ball once. And I feel mm-hmm. like... Um, I used to be better at it and now I'm specifically focusing on it. Like how do I play this track down and then it just feels good from the top to the bottom. And that's what I'm working on. And that sounds dumb. Cause it's like, isn't that just playing drums? But like, it's its own skill. It's, it's just as much of a skill as playing fast or playing whatever. And then pretty much it's the only skill that pays the bills. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm working on. That's what I recommend. Play one song all the way through without messing up once. And then do that ten times in a row and make it feel good the whole way through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then look at your transients and uh like look at where all your hits line up afterwards and make sure they all line up in the right places. Yeah. So that's its own lifetime achievement award goal that I'm gonna get to in twenty years of doing this, hopefully. <laughs> But it makes me appreciate the good records more, like the good records that Henry talks about. Henry, what are we listening to tonight? Well, uh, today's a little different, and I try to change it up every week. Try to keep every week a little interesting, keep every week a little surprising. Um, usually I talk about about uh, music that came out uh, somewhere between you know 40 and 50 years ago. Um, Today I'm going to talk about an album that came out uh, three days ago. Ooh! And uh, this is from a band called The Muckers. Uh, they're based in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I was referred to them because I I know a handful of musicians out there, and they were all like, "Oh, you should check out these guys. They're totally up your alley." And uh, my my best buddy that that just moved back to California, who lived in Brooklyn for five years, uh, Aaron Peart, uh, another great musician, uh, told me, Hey, the muckers just dropped their full length album. They had only had a couple singles out. So they finally dropped their full length and I had heard about them and gotten really into them. And it was another one of those bands that you hear about. And then you kind of, you know, you, you sort of forget about them and then you're like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. These guys are awesome. This record's super cool, super interesting, super groovy. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm I'm really I'm really passionate specifically about the kind of resurgence of like the psychedelic rock thing, um, and I have sort of my own contribution to that with my solo project King Tree and the Earth Mothers, which you can check out on all streaming platforms. But uh, but I'm I'm just as avid of a I guess a participant in that style as I am. Sort of I love immersing myself in that style of music and the sort of different directions people are taking it nowadays. Um, with sort of blending, you know, influences of sixties and seventies music and world music and things like that. So, um, apparently the front man of this band, Amir Moseni, 
moved to New York to pursue a career in music from Iran. And he's the main songwriter, uh, main lyricist, main lead vocalist, and also the lead guitarist. Wow. Um, and the song that this is on is on their new album that just came out on Friday, the February the 26th. It's called Endeavor. It's by the Muckers. And this song is called So Far Away. Yeah, man. The Muckers. Funky. Yeah. Love them. Very cool it band. It sounds like the disco version of Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Interesting. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. Totally, like, totally. It's super cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that that whole record, like that's not even like, like that's like one sort of genre they pursue on the record. Uh, it's really interesting because there's a lot of bands doing this sort of thing where they're kind of they're kind of blurring the lines between genres and inventing their own kind of psychedelic thing. Where like there's other stuff on here that's kind of more of a punk rock energy, but it still retains the vibe, you know, of of the sound of the band. So I thought that one was interesting because it had kind of more of a funky disco-y sort of groove. And then the way he plays the guitar is very like, it's almost like a, a saz or, or uh, you know, more, a more kind of uh, like an Eastern instrument kind of thing. Um, and then there's other stuff that's more kind of bluesy on the record as well. So it's kind of like a really interesting tapestry of all these sort of influences. It's a really cool mix, and, uh, man. Yeah. Almost like a, a like the clash, like the, uh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. a little bit yes. clashy, yeah. like when they got in their little funky kick. Mm-hmm. I totally hear that. Yeah, and uh, so this is now on the Henry's History Lessons playlist, by the way. And um, if you would like to check that out, the link, as always, is in the description and in the comments when we do these video slash podcast thingamajiggers. And uh <laughs> I keep adding to it every week. Um, it's it's pretty epic. I'm at 87 songs on it now, yeah, and uh, it's just gonna it's just gonna add more stuff in there. Um, I might I might need to make a volume two at some point. Just not too many songs on yeah. it, um, but but we'll cross the bridge when we come to it, you know. Um, but there's lots of cool stuff on there. Maybe you might get reacquainted with some music that you haven't heard in a long time, or you might get turned on to a group that you never heard before. But Either way, I highly recommend it. Um, it's been a really fun project for me to sort of come up with something fun to talk about every week, something that maybe gives everybody else something new to talk about, something new to listen to. And it's always cool when you know people are like, what record is this? Can you send it to me? And I go, you know, that's that's one of the one of the great pleasures that is kind of left nowadays without the concerts is, you know, being able to turn people on to groovy music that they dig that that maybe uh you know gives them a sort of stimulation that that is you know lacking for everybody nowadays so check that out um there's a lot of good stuff on there six hours over six hours yeah maybe uh maybe you should start them by year maybe that would work because then you could just have you know the 2020 Henry's yeah. history playlist, the 2021 <laughs> history, and, right. and they would automatically sort of like you know, seasons cut off after could be, point. yeah, could be. That, that's could how be. I run the uh, the podcast seasons is, is uh, by calendar year. So, I might do that, yeah, maybe <laughs> we'll find out. We track our seasons by calendar year, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if it ain't broke, right. they broke exactly (laughs) all right so we don't have a guest tonight um we've had a good group of guests by the way but uh to robert books all our guests or he has been for the most part and he's been doing a really good job so getting a chance to talk to a lot of really good uh cool people and so one of the first things I want to do, because we don't use our comment section enough, who's someone that you might want to see back? Because we have access to a lot of these people a lot of the year, and 
before everything starts to get up and rolling again, we have maybe a couple more months here to get some of those uh, higher-end guys back before everyone goes back on tour. So let us know. Either put it in the comments or send us an email about uh, someone you'd want us uh, to have back on the show. And then I thought we'd talk about tonight what everyone's excited about in COVID starting to... We're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Would everyone agree? Like, Yeah. It's the general consensus. We right don't know now. if that's going to change, but it's the most right. positive outlook it's ever been before. Right. And then we're seeing that in the things they're allowing in California, and we're seeing that in the things they're allowing around the world, basically. Um, and the way they're sort of treating these things now, the light—it just seems like there's an expiration date. Maybe it's going to be longer than they say it is, but we're headed towards the end instead of a, uh, you know, in this nebulous middle where everyone keeps saying they have an answer but they don't so that's really exciting especially for us live music people and it's exciting because we just want to come back and do all the outdoor stuff we want to do all the stuff that's safe you know that they've sort of proven to be safe now so there's two twofold here um are you excited to get back to getting back to playing and like what are the feelings of getting back to it and then who's someone that you want to see who's like the first band you want to see when you get a chance to see mm. a real show again. Ooh. Wow. And so I'll go first. Um, I feel like I've spent more time at home than I, I ever have in the past. However many years I'm so used to just being everywhere all the time and moving and not having a lot of free time and not spending a lot of time. Um, I don't want to say alone because I'm not here alone, but like not having to go to an office or not having to go to a studio or not having to do anything to do these things. So I found a lot more comfort in sort of doing things from home where I didn't usually before. So I got like a bunch of recording rig stuff and I've been working on a lot more music from home and now home is being like the place that a lot of stuff gets done, you know? So, um, I'm having this, and then in doing that, I've had a year to sort of work on a lot of other stuff that with Robert John pumping in full force, I wouldn't have a lot of time to work on like some of the other jobs that I do, which is interesting because I would have never had that time to do those things if Robert John was going in full force. Mm. So it's a weird catch-22. It's like those things would have never happened had my life, had this not happened. So I'm almost finding myself not only like, feeling weird about going on tour again, but feeling weird about like even going back to an office again, just cause I'm like almost lazy. I'm, I've just like grown to be like, well, I don't have to go all the way out there to do those things. Yeah. And I get more done when I'm here. I'm like more productive. I don't have to take that hour of driving time or something like that. And I don't feel it towards the playing at, at home, but there's that fear that I used to not give a shit about when we were like, cooking in full force it used to be like well i better solve this problem in a month because i gotta leave you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) and now i'm like oh crap like i have to solve this problem so it's just feeling that fear again where we used to just live in it so fast that i didn't even think about it i would just solve a problem solve a problem and they're pretty big problems or something and or just put someone else in charge of it because i knew i had to leave and then that you know makes a better employee or someone like by the time I get back or something like that. And mm-hmm. those things have always been able to go in full force. 
So I'm almost feeling like the fear of things coming back again because I don't know what my life looks like with that happening. That doesn't mean I don't want to go play live. It means that there's like a whole slew of things that happen when we go on tour where you have to take care of what's going on at home that I I haven't had to do in a long time, that I used to do all the time. I used mm-hmm. to do every every time we left. So that I'm feeling a weird resistance towards that, that I'm excited to almost get out of my system. It's like, okay, well, let's go, and then I'll have to deal with it, and then I'll stop being afraid of those things again. So that's been interesting, and that's been a really, you know, you guys know me. I don't like to sit still for a second. Yeah. And to want to stay at home is a weird feeling for me. So uh, it's it's been interesting. And I haven't thought about who I want to see yet. Um, let me think. I guess I have one of my favorite bands. I Recently, I've been listening to Tame Impala a lot. I've never uh, really gotten into Tame Impala. And I'd love to go see them live to just see what they do. And I know that's one of Henry's favorite bands and something they came up in their scene, but... I've been digging into their records more and really getting inspired by like the soundscapes of that world and sort of what that record was in its time and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I feel like by the time Tame Impala came out, I sort of knew that, that single elephant and then I didn't really understand the record or what was going on. Right. And little by little, I would hear more tracks and start to understand stuff. And now I sort of feel like I got it more. Only 10 years later, whatever. But, you know. <laughs> Better late than never. Yeah, yeah, and then that's even better because now I get to go and then like, oh, here's four records of hits and, yeah. you know, cool sounds or things like that and to see what that is and to catch them before I figure it out in 20 years and, you know, he just decides to not play live anymore or something like that, you know? So mm-hmm. there's always things that can happen to make you uh, not see someone. But that's me. That's how I'm feeling right now. And I'm excited to get back into playing live shows. Like, I am super excited to play this Hangar show and just get yeah. back into what it is to play for a lot of people again because I feel like we've gotten so much better. When I think of where we were the last Hangar show even, which was in, in December, and, like, how we sound as a live band now, I'm just so excited to, like, share that with people. Mm-hmm. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't I can't wait. Yeah, can come out guns blazing, guys. <laughs> I guess I'll go next. Um, How you guys? Yeah, I feel the same way as you, Andrew. Like th- this is the longest that I've been in the state of California for since I was for the longest period of time since I was probably a kid. Um, and so it's it's weird, you know. As an adult, this is the longest that I've been. This is the longest I've lived anywhere, any single place that I lived, um, and the longest time that I've been there throughout the year. And it's, and it's weird, man. And it, it has been nice to have it start feeling like a home because before it was, it was when you're living with other people or, you know, you are constantly, you know, moving out and it's just, your house is kind of just a place you keep your stuff and you don't really live there. You know, like you, you sleep there some nights of the week and, uh, and that's about it. But it's been cool. Like actually like making this feel like home for me and uh i'm super stoked to get back out on the road but i don't i don't think i'm gonna start playing live as much as as i used to um as far as bar sets go like i've really enjoyed the the um ability to collaborate remotely with people 
And kind of like you were saying, it's like going back to an office. Like I don't really want to either. Like offices for me have been, you know, working at, at uh, venues and, and playing bar sets and stuff. And it's been so much more fun and rewarding and, and actually better money and business just working from home and being able to just have my setup and be able to interact and toss stuff back, back and forth and have, you know, single clients come over and stuff and co-write and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's been great. And it's like, why, why would you have to, you know, go up? You know, yeah, of course, if you're doing like a day at sunset or something, but to, to drive, to spend half your day in the car again, like we used to, this does not seem worth it to me at all. Unless we're like on the road, like on tour, traveling and, and road dogging it, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're going to a destination. Yeah. And then, yeah, as far as, uh, I would love to see the Rival Sons again, man. I miss those guys, and they're they're one of my favorite live bands that I've ever seen. Like, I I love their music and I love their their performance and and everything. So that's that's me. War. Um. Uh. Well, the band thing that was a good question. I I, I never really thought about like who I would want to see. I thought about like what it would be like to get back on the road and to get back into the swing of things. And I thought about the idea of going and seeing live music, but I never got to the point of being like, oh, what band would I really want to go see? Um, but the one thing that I, I guess that I'll kind of segue real quick is that I'm super excited for live music in general because I feel like after such a long break of people not being able to play music, there are going to be people who are the flame hopefully has been relit, um, you know, for pe- for some of your favorite bands. Or, and I think that this next, whenever the floodgates are open and shows can happen, the next six to eight months after that, it's going to be insanity. And everybody that you talk to, I bet is going to go, I just came back from a crazy show. I just came back from a crazy show because we're going to see all these bands who have been dying to get back out on stage, getting back out on stage and just like letting loose. And like it, I'm excited again for just the thought of how much cool shit is going to go down and how many people have new material, different songs that have been stockpiled throughout this whole entire thing and different like collaborations with people who were remote. Um, so that's like one thing I'm super excited about is just getting back into it and just the the hype of of everybody just being happy to play music again and grateful for being able to do this as a as a, a job and you know something that we love. Um, I guess I've been on a big Daniel Caesar kick, so I would like to see him. I know he's like stadium sort of level artist and. Um, I guess you'd consider him like a, like a pop act. So it'd be interesting to see what he does with his live set with kind of how his music is. Um, yeah. I'm more, I'm more embarrassed because you said it's a stadium act, but who is that? And then (laughs) what kind of stuff do they do? Daniel Caesar is a, uh, he's like a, he's like a, he's a singer. Um, he's collaborated with a lot of people and I think he's, he wrote for a lot of people and came up to the charts writing for people. 
Um, but he kind of does this mellow, stripped down, soulful R and B kind of thing. Um, and he's collaborated with a lot of like hip hop artists and, um, I don't know. He just has kind of a cool thing going on. He's got a great voice. And uh, yeah, again, it'd be interesting to see how he takes that to the stage. Yeah. Really cool and songwriting we, and arrangement with him too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really neat. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's some good stuff. And then, yeah, I'm just excited to get back on stage and play music again. We got a couple tastes here and there, but um you know, we obviously have a text thread with the band and we've like been talking about the shows that are coming up and just talking about shows in the text message thread is like, mm-hmm. Holy shit. Like, this is so exciting. Like, yeah. Oh, like, are you guys available for a show on this date? It's like, wow, we're getting close to, to like actually booking things again. Mm-hmm. So our calendar is starting to fill up for some local stuff, which is super exciting. So yeah, I can't wait. What about you, Henry? What are you stoked about? Oh, boy. I mean, you, you kind of already said it right there. I mean, just just that. And and then there have been a couple things that have happened, uh, especially with, with um, the anniversary of our playing uh, Joe Barmasa's Blues Cruise a year ago passing. I saw a bunch of cool stuff, and I kind of got a little emotional looking at it, you know, because I was like, man, that was so fucking cool and, yeah. like, I had no idea how special any of those things were. And then I saw another thing today later that was like, you know, I just, I just randomly stumbled upon a picture of us like waiting in an airport to get on a plane to fly to Europe. One of the four times we did it last year and like, or not last year, <laughs> the, year before, the year before last year uh, in 2019 and was just getting kind of getting emotional thinking about it and like, just going like, man, like, I had no idea how special that was, you know, to get the opportunity to do that in the first place. And I had a conversation with a friend about that the other day and um, it was actually with Adam's little brother. And Henry, he sorry, like, quick. Yeah. Quick, quick sidebar before you go into real story. I was also getting emotional the other day because I found out that my Amex Platinum card renews. And I just got that card for the band because I thought we were going to be in airports for the whole year of 2020. Uh, And the only plus of that card is that you get into lounges and that you get to bring other people (laughs) into lounges. So it's essentially us getting to go to bars for free all over the world in these airport lounges that the Amex Platinum card provides people. And it rolls around in March. So I was like, I don't know if I'm going to renew this thing or not because it has a very, very large yearly fee. Oh, so shit. it's funny that you said that and things are rolling around again. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead with your story. Um, it, it's You're pretty, it's Adam's pretty, brother. It's pretty brief. Like Adam's younger brother was just kind of asking me about, um, about how, you know, I, I, I forget what it was, but I was talking about, about basically – what happened with us? Um, I was talking about, I was talking with, with, uh, oh, I forget what I was talking. I was talking to somebody basically about working. I, I used to work in restaurants for a while before I was playing music professionally and, and they work in restaurants and we were talking about, you know, when you're, when you're not that experienced and you kind of just get like a trial by fire movement. And, and what I thought of was Mulan blues, which was basically like you guys had, had just like officially hired me in the band. And it was like, well, we're just going to go to Europe and, play a show the same night we land 
and then play another show the next day and then play a giant blues festival. You don't know how many people are going to be there, but it's going to be a lot of people. And I've like never played for more than, you know, five or 600 people with like a prepared thing. So it was just sort of, sort of insane to do that. And, and, um, and Adam's brother sort of asked me like, how did that feel? Like you were, you know, what, blah, blah, blah. Like you're still like, you're still young and blah, you did all this stuff. And I'm like, I never really even thought about, you know, I never really even thought about it. Like, it was just like, this is what I'm doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just crazy to, to, cause, cause I've especially been thinking about since all this happened, you know, how lucky I am and how lucky we all are and how, how grateful I am to like be in a position where I can actually, you know, I was, I was actually able to like take the gamble and pursue this career and like, still keep on doing it and be around people that, that like what I do and want to work with me. And just this whole thing is, is, is such a blessing as a whole. Um, so yeah, it's a bit, it's been a lot of reflection on that. I mean, I mean really in the past year, but especially recently now that, now that it's looking like stuff is coming back at least in, at least to some degree, you know, there's been a lot of reflection and, um, yeah, definitely. It's, it's kind of emotional and it's kind of cool and it's, it's kind of surreal at the same time because I'm almost sort of like, am I ready? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm ready to do this again. You know, <laughs> it's, it feels like it's been an eternity. The last year feels like it, it was such a long time. And, um, that, I don't know if that exactly answers the question, but that, that's sort of, where my headspace has been with regards to all this and um yeah I really, no really i feel like people go ahead sorry no no you go ahead right. <clears throat> i feel like people assume that like oh yeah everyone's just excited to get back to it but right. like all this changed for people that it's not that we don't want to go play live music anymore it's like everyone's lives have changed yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> it's like uh you know um and then because your life has changed in a certain way, you don't know how the rest of that piece fits. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if this puzzle fit piece fit in my life in that version, uh, and now my life is like one year different than it was before, but that version never had a space to be filled, you know, and you mm-hmm. fill it with other stuff and then you go to this other thing and then you have to start it up again and you're like well where's the space for all that again or like where is the what am i going to sacrifice for this again like how does my life look and that's scary you know like at least a little bit it's not scary enough to not do it but it's scary in the sense of like um, thinking about it and everything's been scaled down so much too like go ahead steve I uh, I went to Trader Joe's. I've, I've been getting my groceries delivered for most of COVID, and most of the time I just go here to the the local market. Um, but I went to Trader Joe's and it was packed and super busy, and I started kind of getting anxiety and was like, like there's too many people. I feel claustrophobic, and uh, and that was at a supermarket. Like I I have no idea how I'm going to react. Like you know, like on on a plane or. <laughs> Or what? Like it's it's been such a, a complete lifestyle shift for all of us, you know. Just in what our we're used to, you know, in our in our senses and, and atmosphere and stuff. So yeah, it's gonna be, it's well, gonna be interesting. Like navigating that come going forward, you know. And even kind of like talking about that, like I bet we've all been in a situation. I know I've been in a situation, and I've definitely seen situations where you're at a show and you really want to see a band pre COVID that was so 
tight and you're yeah. so shoulder to shoulder and you can't move and people are sweating on you and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, I really, really just want to see this band and you see the band and it always like takes away half of what that experience is because yeah. you're so packed in. And now like looking back and even thinking about something like that, it's not to say that I would want to gather with a big crowd again, because I definitely would, but I'm definitely not going to put myself in that packed like a sardine situation again, yeah. you know, like those, those crazy, those crazy, you know, festivals where it's like, okay, if you have to pee, like, and you're at the front of, you know, Glastonbury on the headlining night, you're not, you're not coming back at like, you know what I mean? There's so many people. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how festivals like that kind of counter, that sort of thing because yeah. that's the draw to the festival is you know being able to play to that many people and you know i think like local club shows will be like what i was talking about like those local club shows will be great but you know when you get into those arenas and stuff it'll be interesting to see how they do it and yeah i don't know it's it's exciting and it is still nerve-wracking and and it's just different it's just so like different it almost feels like a weird dream or something like yeah whoa like i can't wait I, I keep thinking about when something like this happens when you get to the phase where you're like god remember remember that whole covid thing like uh-huh. it's usually a, a you know a significant amount of time after but i'm already trying to think about like oh yeah but you know this this is a pretty big thing and we'll i bet it definitely has everlasting effect from here on out and we'll just see what happens i'm still excited <laughs> yeah <laughs> me too yeah it's definitely like a crazy it's a lot of people are going to feel a lot of different ways about it there's people who are just going to not care and just ready to get ready to jump back in and not mm-hmm. think twice about it and then I mean, most people are going to fall somewhere in the middle, but their right. middle is going to be a lot different than someone else's middle. Right. We have a, our neighbor's been roller skating indoors because <laughs> she like probably hasn't left her house this whole time. Wow. Epic. You know what I mean? And I think about people like that, and I'm like, there's still people like that out there. I still talk to people who are like, yeah, um, yeah, I'm not really going to go do like outdoor dining or like this, or you know, I really don't want to catch it. Like I heard this person, you know. And I'm like so over that level of stuff in my mind, you know, that I, it's just weird to hear people talk like that even. Mm. Um, And I totally understand why they would. It's not judging um, other people. It's just realizing that people are in like completely different places, you know, with it. And we hang out with our friends who uh, we've had it and then they've had it. So like, none of us have to think about it anymore. Mm. So like, we'll go to their house and hang out with them. And then it's like, you know, so I just never think about it anymore. Um, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist and that it's something to think about. It just means that where I'm at is yeah. Different place. So, um, yeah, even like my family. So it was my mom's birthday this weekend and my dad's in medical. So he got the vaccine and he's administering vaccines. So he needed to get it. And then my mom got it because she's related. And then we've had it. And then my brother got it, the vaccine. So everyone's like, there's no worries anymore. Nice. And I know like uh, everyone's not like that. You know what I mean? So 
but it just uh it's weird to talk to other people and then realize like how different in a place certain people are well to answer your second question uh i still haven't seen Derek trucks live oh yeah i still oh. haven't seen rival sons live either uh really I've, I've never seen rival sons live and and I was gonna say I got into them literally like I was listening to their records like all the time uh, on our last tour that we did like right before we went on I got into a huge Rival Sons you know I'd always liked them but I'd never really done a deep dive into their catalog so I I got really into their into their stuff uh, specifically at the beginning of last year and uh, it was funny because because on my Spotify at the end of the year. They give you those end of the year things, you know, and uh, and Rival Sons was my number one band, which is crazy because for the as long as I've had Spotify, Jimi Hendrix has been my number one artist every single <laughs> oh, year. Wow. And not only that, but I was apparently in the top one per- point, sorry, top point one percent of their listeners. Dang, so that, that's apparently oh, how Rival much I listen Sons. to Rival Sons. Wow. Yeah, but uh, but I got really really into them. I still really really want to see them. Um, really really badly there were a couple opportunities to do it and stuff just didn't line up and then same with the the tedeschi trucks band um it's really funny because there were there were two occasions where i could have been able to see them and um whether it was you guys or whatever band i was playing with at the time we both had a show in la at the same night that they were playing in la Hmm. yeah i remember that And and it was like ah man like i gotta see Derek trucks play like this is bullshit. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So those are those are those are the two that pop into my mind of of you know I never got a chance to see either of them and uh, I'd really like to when that becomes possible would really really like to see either or both. Hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. Well, not a bad list. I feel like it's good to hear that you guys are also like you know. There's not a hundred percent certainty in going back, and I know we all want to play, but there is weird, you know, there's weird stuff to think about. To be honest, yeah. Um, and, well, uh, and sorry, I the, think the oh god, I was going to say the other thing too is like kind of how Henry was talking about is when we were on tour, it, you know, you kind of like we got the opportunity to go out and do the Mulan Blues Festival, and for me and Henry, we'd just been a part of the band and. And to some extent, that's kind of a slow, I mean, that's a fast ramp up, mm-hmm. but at least it's a ramp up where this is kind of like a pause. And yeah. then it's, and then it's literally like zero to 60 again. Here we go. Like if, if we could have done it, our last tour would have been 63 dates. It's like, are we ready to take a year <laughs> off and then do 63 dates? You know what I mean? Like that's, Great. Like, can our fingers, are your voices going to be able to, you know, handle that? And it's it's crazy because there's no more ramp up. Once this is back, it's like maybe there's a trickle and then it's here comes the flood again. We're going for it. We got to be prepared. And even just like I, I, I have one uh, weekly uh, restaurant gig that, that I'm doing now. And uh, even just loading up the stairs, man, like I'm like so out of shape, like loading in and then like the energy that it takes to like perform, you know, like four people and that energy going back and forth. It's like we just haven't 
we've gotten little tastes of it, you know, a few times throughout the last year, but um, nothing like every night for, you know, two weeks straight and stuff like it's, we're, we're going to have to do some, some training beforehand and you know, <laughs> at least get some, you know, like a team jog in or something every morning <laughs> to get the lungs back. And like, I don't, I don't even know what it's like to sweat anymore, except for, you know, every Wednesday that I load up the stairs. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy, man. It's, it's going to be a totally different level of endurance than, you know, we've been forced to take a year off of, of that kind of uh, athleticism. You know, yeah, and it is athleticism. Mm-hmm. Don't get it confused. It's a hundred percent. Warren full on burns holes Crazy. in the bottom of his shoes from dancing. <laughs> I have. Yep. <laughs> all right then. Well, yeah. um, that all that being said, I'm ready to get back to it. I think you guys are too. What do we have coming up, guys? Hangar 24. Hangar 24 Mar- is the 20th? Yep. March 20th. 24? March 20th, and we're March also 20th. playing in April as well. Uh, Hangar 24 uh, is we're playing music on the runway presented by John Hampton and Orange County Music Showcase. Um, they're doing music at Hangar 24 Irvine every Saturday. So we're very excited to be a part of that. Um, we also released uh, another little acoustic video today. We've been releasing some old archived footage that we did back on the road, which kind of ties into all this nostalgia of missing being on the road. Um, and yeah. We're getting ready to go into the studio and record a new album. Yeah. So. Yeah, we have a potential release area that I feel confident about telling people about. And it's late summer. So we'll probably see some new Robert John music by late summer 2021. Yep. If you're on our email list, you might get secret stuff first. So send up for our email list at robertjohnthereck.com and we might send you some secret new music when we get a hold of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. so excited. I'm so excited. That's going to be dope. And you guys are going to love these tunes, man. They are fun. They are very fun. Can't wait. So in the in the meantime, uh, click all the links in the descriptions. Go check out Henry's History Lesson playlist. And uh, tell your friends about our music and keep sharing and keep tagging and keep checking everything out. Keep being good to each other and keep getting wrecked. We will see you next time, everybody. Have a wonderful week. See ya. (laughs) 